I'm sort of stuck right now. I'm like, there's, there's stuff I want to sort of talk about, you know, us being a hospitable, welcoming people and, and the, the call of God on us in that area. And then last night as I'm sort of looking through what I actually really want to do, like, like I said again, it's been such a hard week because there's been all these things that I've been like, I don't know, have you ever read the Bible when you're seeking God? Like, not just because you're just reading the Bible, but and you read it and you're like, wow, I never understood that before. Wow, that's amazing. Wow, I never looked at it like that. Um, that's what it felt like during the week where everything I read just jumped off the page to me and it's like so confusing but so good at the same time. And in the end, I sort of settled on something that maybe most of us recognise and know. It's uh, a parable about talents and talents doesn't equal our gifts and abilities, although as we read through this, this story, you will see that it can easily translate to that, that it's our gifts and abilities as well, everything really in our life. And it's talking about some good servants and some bad servants and how the master at the time had given them certain amounts of talents, which is money, to invest and, and grow the, the, the kingdom, his kingdom, you know, his stuff, to grow that. And... Um, yeah, I was, it gave me cause to reflect on the people that have worked for me over time. Now, if you've ever had a business, you'll definitely have had people in your business that are really hard workers, that if you give them a task to do, they do it. You, you'll say, hey, can you do this job? You come back, the job's done, cleaned up, beautiful, done properly, maybe even better. Than, and then there's other ones where you come back to the job and you're like, how is this not finished? You know, I know that this is how long it takes. I've come back twice as long as that later and I can still see there's not, been, not much been done. There's something that would be so disappointing to you as a boss when that happens, right? You come back and you're just like, there's the task, there's the job at hand and I've come back and, and literally nothing's been done or very little's been done and there's always an excuse as to why and a reason why. But very little has been done. And th this parable that Jesus tells, and we're going to read it in a second, really challenges our heart in what we do for him and his kingdom, right? So as I talk about it this morning, the very lazy servant that's in it, which, which is called wicked and lazy at the end, I don't want to talk too much about that, right? Wicked and lazy servant basically didn't do anything, but he could have done something, um, at least done something uh, with, with what he had. But as I read through the story, what I want to sort of bring across and, and push out, I guess, into our lives is that there's not one person here who God hasn't given something. Whether it's great, whether it's small, whatever it might be in your life, and, and we talk about those things like the, the time, the talent, the treasure, whatever it might be that God has given you, that there's not one person out there today, there's not one person up here today that has not received something from God to do something with for his kingdom. And as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, th this year I've been really trying to, to focus on how do we get rid of the weeds in our lives. I don't know how successful it's been. I believe it was a journey that God put us on. But don't you know that we had people up here the other week, just last week, chatting and talking about, you know, when they first came to Cornerstone, that was pretty good, wasn't it? Who was here for that? 
Three people. No, I'm sure there's more. No, there's <laughs> quite a lot. We don't like raising hands, eh? it's embarrassing. But, but they're up here and they're talking about, I joined Cornerstone X amount of years ago, usually over 10. What it was like, how they felt the arms of love wrap around them and, and hold them, that they felt loved by the community that they were in. And, and over time, we've had heaps and heaps of that. Heaps and heaps of people have, um, you know, ha had that feeling, and when they leave, it's really sad. I'm sure, on the other hand, there's other people that have felt unrecognised, unloved, and unattached to Cornerstone. There's no doubt about that as well, all right, because that does happen. And one of the things that, that, was, that I was pondering on when I was sitting listening is like, are we still like that today? Are we, are we still making sure that our life has the margin that we need to be welcoming? Is it, have we still got the margin that we take an interest in other people? Have we still got the time for people? Because let, let's face it, there's two things that really we're battling against that, that have come in. One was obviously when COVID was on, we were restricted from fellowship and relationship. People don't even want to go back to workplaces, right? We're talking about people pulling apart. And at the same time, everyone will say, my world is really busy. I'm so busy. And, and this is sort of like when we think about the, the, the wicked and lazy servant in this. He was called wicked and lazy, but I'm sure he was doing other stuff. You know what I mean? Like, like this is a long time when the master gave them the talents and then a long time till he came back. And when he came back, he's like, what have you done with what I got? Now, it would be unlikely that, that that lazy servant was doing nothing, but he was doing nothing about the master's work. And that was the problem. And the master's work is always about what um, was said in communion this morning, which was reconciling people to God. Is that not right? Like, that's what Jesus came to do, to reconcile the world to God and to reconcile people to each other so that there's not this division on race and place of birth and richness and poorness. But, but Christ said, hey, you're all one. You're all one. We're one. And those divisions should be broken down. What does your life look like? Are you able to do the master's business? Because I want to encourage you to say this morning that you have everything that you need to do something for God. And if you don't feel that you're, you're in this position of doing anything amazing, that is actually fine. Because anything we do for the kingdom is what gets rewarded, not necessarily the spectacular and grand and great. So let's read through this parable. Um, and it comes directly after the parable of the ten bridesmaids where, you know, the master came back and, or sorry, for the, wet, the, the person having the wedding came back and they weren't ready. So this is talking to us directly about what does it look like to be ready for Jesus' return? So looking at Matthew 25, starting at verse 14. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip, he called together his servants, entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. 
The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two bags more, but the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip, called to them to give account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had trusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest and I've earned two more. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money. So I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant, if you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have got some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant, give it to the one who has the ten bags of silver, To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So what was it that I felt like God wanted us to get today? Looking at that story, the amount of money they got, about $1,200 in modern terms, but back then... 20 years wages they were given a fair amount of money each right even the one who got the least was giving something significant and as we look at that parable we could say yet in this modern day and age and and in all reasonable ways of thinking uh, when we're applying it to our faith in Christ there's some things that we could say that that um, is appropriate to talk to us about which is how do we use our time how do we use our money How do we use our abilities? How do we use the authority that we have in life? And what I love is that that everyone was given according to their ability, right? Everyone was, you know, it it didn't matter. You might have amazing ability. You might be sitting out there today and thinking, you know what, I don't have much to offer. But God knows exactly what you need. He's not going to give you anything beyond what you can handle, what you can do, and, and how you can serve Him. But the point is that what he gives is for whose benefit? His. So that his kingdom can grow. And, and even the, that, that last servant recognised that. He was saying, you know what? He had a wrong impression of the master. He said, we know, I know you're a harsh man. You know, you harvest crops you didn't sow. And, um, you know, it's like, I know who you are, which is exactly right. God didn't place us into his kingdom so that we could grow our kingdom within it. Yes, he did harvest the crops in this story. But the person working also benefited in that case. But the heart of those who served him well shows us what we should be like. Are there some things in your life right now where you really know that God has been talking to you about, I need to do something, I need to help? Maybe there's a talent that you have that you look at and you're like, you know, I really love this, or I'd, I'd really love to, to talk to people about this. I'd love to open 
the doors for this ministry. I'd love to, to hold a connect group. I'd love to do something. And, and you refuse to obey. The heart of those who obeyed in this story, firstly, they were really prompt. They didn't muck around. They were like, yep, no worries. I'm going to get around to my master's work. And they went and did it. They were prompt in what they did. They, they persevered because the master was away for a long time. It could have even been to that point where they thought, oh, he probably won't come back. So maybe I can just slack off a bit now and do nothing. Um, the other thing is that they had success in what they do. There's a proverb that I just love so much that, that says this, that anything you put your hand to do, you will succeed. That's a nice proverb, isn't it? <laughs> but it only, the success comes with putting your hand to do. And they were ready to give account. They were ready to say, yes, I am serving you, and when you come back, I'm ready. I've done everything you've asked me to do. And there was success because they were obeying their master in what they did. It wasn't based on their brilliance. It wasn't based on their greatness or how distinguished they were. We don't even know. Maybe they were not known beyond their own village, these, these servants that were serving their master. Maybe there was this tiny little place where there was a recognition for them. But, but the thing is that what God is asking us to do is to be faithful with what he has given us. For the praise, for the glory, and the joy of the Lord. And that is the reward that we get. Any person who serves God is rewarded. That's true because we know that, that the Bible talks about faith, that it says whoever comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That somehow when we are seeking God, there's this reward that flows into our life and it's not money, it could be, who knows, but what it is is this feeling of overwhelming sense of joy and peace and sharing in what God has for you. Would you love to share in that? Would you love to have that, that, that feeling of goodness in your heart? Let me tell you what you should be doing serving God wherever you are. And the thing is that as we look at this story, that, that there's this, this call to personal account for what we do, isn't there? Like if you look at the amounts that they get back, what was it? Five and... I can't even remember the second one. Four? One? Add them all up together and when they came back to the master, if you averaged it out, it wouldn't be too bad, right? Because we had ten plus eight plus two... No, one, still one, because he didn't do anything with it. But when you average it out, it's like, actually, it's still quite successful, isn't it? So the master could have easily gone, oh, well, overall, the average amount that you guys earn is actually really good. It's okay. No, there was a personal account that was given by each and every one of those servants. It wasn't what, what has the church done with it? It was, what have you done with what I've given you? How have you grown the kingdom? How have you used your gifts? How have you used your ability? How have you used, you used your finances to grow the kingdom of God? That's a pretty scary thought in some ways, isn't it? But it isn't scary when you know the master and you know you're working for him. It's actually a joy, like that readiness to give account. You know what, God, I did this and I did it well for you. 
But what I love too is that they just went around and did the master's business. It's funny because like for me, I, I look at people and, and sometimes I see the gifts, the abilities, the talents. It might even just be the love of something that they have. Like, I love cooking. Um, so let's, oh, I'd love to just start a cooking class and invite some people to it, some Christians, some non-Christians, and, and maybe we'll get a chance to talk about God, but that's a gift or talent you have. You're not even working outside of the joy that you get. But what I've found over time is this, that most people don't do something because they're like the wicked, lazy servant. They're scared. They're scared that if they do, it's going to be a failure. Have you ever felt like that with the things of God? You know God's placed something in your heart and you're like, oh, I could do that. And I feel like maybe I'll start, you know, an early morning prayer meeting, 4 a.m., that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> Not. Do it by Zoom. <laughs> but, but whatever it might be, you know, you're thinking, yeah, I really want to get involved with youth. I feel this call to youth and, and to help in some way. I'm too scared. I, I feel like I'd like to start something or do something, but what if no one comes? I'm just going to be this big failure. Has anyone ever felt like that? And it's funny, like, I've, I've sort of came to the conclusion a really, really long time ago that if I have something on, like, I remember going <laughs> to prayer meetings at the old uh, place we used to be, you know, we had a, I can't remember what night it was, Tuesday night prayer meeting probably, every Tuesday night, you know, people, people had said to me, we need a prayer meeting. Okay, cool, let's do it, Tuesday night. Guess who shows up? <laughs> the bunny <laughs> but you know or some people will join for a while because they're so passionate about prayer we need to pray rah 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 three weeks later where are they weeds busyness it's so important but not that important really anyway so I had to come to this conclusion if I have something if I feel like God said do this and I'm there by myself, I will have a whale of a time doing it. I will have an awesome time, and I'll have a whale of a time, but I won't wail about it. Have you ever been in that place? You feel like God's called you to do something. Two people come, and you feel so disappointed. Well, that's not fair. Why isn't everyone here? They should be supporting this, what God told me to do. There should be masses of people here. And what a failure this was. And I'm so angry at them that I've lost the joy of loving God and serving God. Have you ever been in that place? Music practice is on and three people turn up. So instead of enjoying the time of worship and coming together, all you're thinking about is how miserable everyone is for not coming. And you lose the total joy of everything that God has given you to do. And I'd say to you, if there's something that God wants you to do and one person turns up beside yourself, guess how many more people it is that turned up than if you didn't do it? One. Guess how many turned up because you didn't do it? Zero. You see, we tend to measure success by, by greatness, don't we? instead of obedience to God. And the success that the master was only looking for here was your obedience to God. Am I doing what God asked me to do? 
Servants, I've given you this much. I believe you've got this much ability. Just go and do it. Step out. Do something for God. Be creative. Be whatever it might be that, that you need to be. Just use what God has given you for the extension of his kingdom. Just do that. And it may be that you sit out there today and you're like, well, you know, I don't really have much to do. Actually, I don't even have much time at the moment. And I understand seasons of life. I've been through them. Like, Joe's come late this morning. Why? Because we've got two grandkids and it took a lot of time to get them ready. We're not used to it anymore. We used to have little kids and it's tough. And that's a season where you might not be able to do as much as you normally could. But what did the master say to that servant that just hid what he had in the ground? He said at least you could have put it in the bank to earn interest. I mean, the very least you could have done, which was actually quite worthy, um, is that you could have just gained some interest on it. You're not actively working it, but at least you're supporting something. And so even the very least of what we should do is say this, is there someone doing something that I can support? I can see they're working in ministry. I can see God's called them to do something. And, and what I love is, like, I look at uh, the kids' ministry and the leaders there doing their hard work, but then there's people that come in in the morning and cut up fruit for them. This morning, we've got a baptism. Awesome. Josiah. Anyone else? Please come and see me afterwards. We'll do that baptism today. That would be wonderful. But last night and yesterday and obviously, you know, with family over and busyness and blah, 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 I got busy and I was like, about midnight last night, I was like, oh man, I've got to go and fill up the water tank in the morning for a baptism, right? This is just a practical thing to help something amazing happen that Josiah would be baptised this morning. So anyway... I got on my phone because there's some cameras there and looked at the video thing because I remember Josiah saying, oh, we might roll out the tank for you. Anyway, I look in it and I'm like, ah, oh, there's the tank there. Hey, the tank's also got water in it. <laughs> Guess who doesn't have to get up at 6am to come and fill it up and move it over? Me. Awesome. <laughs> but, but you see, that's what it is. It's like at the very least, as a Christian, are you supporting Christian ministry? Are you praying for people doing something? Are you giving finance to people that are doing something? Are you giving practical help to people that are doing something so that they can concentrate on what God has actually called them to do? So that the Sunday school teachers don't have to think in the morning when Sunday school's on, oh man, I haven't got the fruit ready. Oh, I know that there were people setting up the classroom for them before. I don't have to come in and set up the classroom, but they can spend time in prayer thinking about what does God want me to do today? Don't, don't you see the amazing benefit of that? The interest that is gained on their ministry. I think it's actually pretty good, don't you? The call of God for us to serve him in his kingdom. So what's, what are we going away with today? I guess for me, it's encouraging you, just step out, number one. 
Step out. Listen to what the Spirit of God is saying to you. There, there might be so many different things and, and they're not even necessarily ministries or doing things like that. Are there times when you just feel that you've heard someone sick? Have you hidden your prayer in the ground? Have you hidden your love in the ground for them? Have you failed to pick up the phone when you felt prompted and, and ring them and say, hey, can I pray with you? Can I bring you a meal? Are there people that are new to church and, and you look around and you think that's someone else's job, but you know in your heart God's placing that person on your heart, connect with them. I should, in, I should, I should invite them out for a cup of coffee. I should get their phone number and give them a call. And you just fail to do it. That is equivalent to just hiding what God has given you in the ground because that's a prompting from the Holy Spirit. There's no doubt that God has called us together to build his kingdom, not as individuals, but each one, a building block within it. And I would love that the same message that came across last week about when people came to Cornerstone, they felt loved, they felt embraced. Now, I understand there's two sides to that, that some people don't allow themselves to be connected. And actually, I'm going to call Josiah up right now. Congratulations, Josiah. <laughs> Who's getting baptised this morning. So how about you just give him a great big hand... And I want you, if you could, actually come over in the spotlight and so you can be on camera there. Uh, look at that. Yep. <laughs> Hold that. So Josiah, I, um, what I'd love you to just do is just talk for a few minutes about when you first came to Cornerstone and I know that you found it very difficult to get connected at first. All right. So I want you to be able to share that <laughs> for us. But also about the journey of your connection and how come you're getting baptised today? Too easy. So, Josiah's the name. Um, I came to Cornerstone uh, about two years ago. Um, it was quite quite difficult turning up. I've tried a couple of churches around Darwin. Um, just to... My personality, I'm quite quiet and reserved. Um, so, I'd, after the service, I wouldn't go out for a coffee. I'd run off. Um, so I did make it difficult for people to come and approach me. Um, but there was a couple of people, um, Colin and Dorothy, they did invite me out for coffee and, and a couple more people. Um, still took me a bit of time to go out for a coffee. Um, and then uh, I felt a lot of pressure to sort of like volunteer, um, help out in the church. So I approached Neil and introduced myself and... Um, you know, thought I'd come in and, and, and volunteer my time. Um, and then with that, I then found the men's group, got involved with the men's group and sort of picked up a whole heap of workload, helping out the church and, and using my time, my spare time, which I had a fair bit of with work, um, to assist out around the church. Um, and now I've got 
another job Neil's asked if I could help um, with uh, creating a young adults ministry um, where we'll pick that up and and, and run with it um, for around the 20 to 30 year olds. So I thought, you know, get my life in order and, and get baptised and, you know, and, and, and lead the way and, and a baptism to, it's a obedience to what God wants um, and asks us to do. Um, so it's, it's a, uh, a proclamation for myself in front of you guys to be held account um, for my decisions and my actions. Um, so I ask that of you guys. Um, and yeah, so there you go. 20, 30 year olds will start a young adults ministry. Yeah. <laughs> That's wonderful, Josiah. And um, it's funny because I'm pretty sure Josiah didn't come to me going, I think I should run a young adults ministry. But there's definitely a faithfulness in him that I've seen and a willingness to commit to the tasks that he does. And, you know, I guess that goes back to what it's saying in this, this parable that, you know, to those who have, more will be given. So those that use what they have, God increases that. But if you don't use it, God just takes it away and gives it to someone who will in that story. So thank you very much. And uh, you'll see Josiah later in his bathers. Speedos out there? Got them? No. <laughs> no Speedos, guys. <laughs> but, yes. Thinking back to yellow Speedos. Hey, Matt Koenig. <laughs> Question for you as you go out today. Very important. Because, like, you know what? Christian walk's meant to be so fun and so easy and so good. Stop putting pressure on yourself. Just enjoy what God's done in your life. Have a look at your life. Where am I good? What can I do? Jump in. It's, it's so much fun. So much fun. Here's the question. What have we done? What have we done with our knowledge, with our time, with our money, with our abilities? And as we read through that, that parable at the end, we could really come to this conclusion that it's not so much the sins of commission that are dangerous in our life. So does everyone know what that is? The sins of commission are the things I do wrong, right? But far more dangerous, it seems to be, is the sins of omission. What we didn't do that we know God said we should. That's what this wicked and lazy servant was judged on in this parable. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for this morning. I thank you, Father, for the challenge that we have to live our lives for you. Lord, let us not waste a moment. Let us not waste a moment. Let's give ourselves wholeheartedly to you so that we can be the people that you've called us to be. In Jesus' name. Amen. So as you know, we are going to have a baptism after um, outside. Um, but this morning, maybe you've come to church. You know that God has given you abilities and a call, even if you're not a Christian yet. God has something amazing for your life and he wants to use you and he wants to 
love you and he wants to give you hope. This morning, if that's you, I just want to give you the opportunity to just pray and ask God to come into your life, to give your life to him. The communion message this morning was very straightforward, that really Jesus died on the cross for us, for our sin. All we have to do is believe in Jesus and we will be saved. That's a good message. And that's for you. It's for everyone this morning. If you've never given your life to Jesus, I want to pray right now. And if you just pray with me and just ask him into your life, um, and then please come and see me afterwards. Let's chat about it, what the decision is that you've made. It's such a good, good thing. Let's pray. Father, I'm sorry that I haven't followed you. Lord, I ask for forgiveness for my sin. Lord, today... I want to give my life to you. From this day on, I want to serve you. And I want to be your child. Fill me with your Holy Spirit now that I might see and understand the truth. That I might walk in your ways and not my own anymore. Today, I want to be a Christian. And I believe Jesus died for me. He rose again. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Great.